Welcome to Edification. Enjoy and be blessed by this word tonight. Stay tuned. Shalom. Welcome to Edification. Enjoy and be blessed by this word tonight. Stay tuned. Shalom. Welcome to Edification. Enjoy and be blessed by this word tonight. Stay tuned. Shalom.
A wonderful good evening to everyone and welcome to special modification broadcast and a special greeting to my papa who is listening tonight god bless him mightly beloved it's an honor to be here tonight to hear the word of god and a special broadcast as that tonight tonight we're looking at matters of the heart you know last week we looked at love in terms of the love of god and it's benefit to us and its importance in our lives and tonight we are looking at love relationship dating you know we're looking we're going to look at the principles of dating we're going to look at the benefits of dating the dangers of dating and a whole lot more tonight and we're going to have some practical explanations and as well so i believe that tonight by the grace of god god is going to speak to each and every one of us and all our hearts burning questions are going to be answered as well and i want to say that if under any means you have a question or you want um, to give your contributions you can send them on the platform on the mixer platform if you are on the platform if you have downloaded it you can do that but if you have not downloaded it and you are using that link to listen through you can just send your question to my WhatsApp number, which is 0248182861. 0248182861. And then before we pray, I want to state categorically that on record that we do not own rights to third party audios that we are using for tonight's ministration and uh, on tonight's platform. And they are being used for promotional purposes only. And we are backed by Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976. Praise God. Alright. So, with that said, tonight we are looking at the topic, Knowing Me, Knowing You. But before that, we will share a word of prayer and then we will start. Shall we pray? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for how far you brought us. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you are doing mighty things with us, in us and through us. Thank you for your love that keeps us going. We thank you that tonight you are going to speak to us and that our minds and our hearts are going to be blessed. And we are going to receive fresh manner and that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened and that we shall come to the knowledge of where and what you want us to understand and to walk by. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit to help us as well. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Tell somebody we are live and tonight is a special broadcast. Knowing me, knowing you. Hallelujah. Alright, so we're zooming in straight away and before I say anything, I want to acknowledge all our global listeners. And we have listeners from Turkey. We have listeners from the Czech Republic. We have listeners from the United States of America. We have listeners from Canada. 
precisely Alberta, Saskatchewan. Wow, wonderful. And we also have somebody in Norway listening. I'm sure it's my cousin Safwa. Safwa, God bless you for tuning in tonight. God bless you, my friend. And then we also have people from the United Kingdom listening as well. I know my sister is listening. Hallelujah. And then we have, of course, my home breed guys, Ghana. All Ghanaians here, God bless you so much for the support and for the love that is being shown here. I believe that what God has ordained in his perfect time, he brings it out for his glory's sake. And I thank God that through the medium of internet and social media, we are reaching a lot of people across the world. Hallelujah. All right, God bless us. And so tonight, knowing me, knowing you, please pardon me. Tonight, I'll share a few things that by the grace of God we will, we will all learn from, including myself. And I believe once it's coming from the Spirit of God, it is loaded. And it will be for our benefit. Amen. And so I'm reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 to verse number 8. The Bible says, Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. And then it says, It is not self-seeking. And then it says, It is not easily angered. And then, it goes on to say that, um, it keeps no record of wrong. And then it says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And then verse 7 says, It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Verse 8 says, Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Hallelujah. All right. And so tonight, by the kind grace of God, we are looking at the topic, Knowing Me, Knowing You. Amen. Praise God. Alright, so we're zooming into the Word of God. I want to start by saying that the world has sold us a lie about love and relationships. And what is the lie? That love and relationships is something that only exists in fairy tales. But tonight, we're going to explore, by the grace of God, how men and women come together, you know, to fulfill the beautiful design of our Creator. Beloved, tonight, we will discover the beautiful design of the Creator. As we are exploring the topic of dating and relationships, as we have themed knowing me, knowing you. And I remember in, in when, when we were growing up, there was a program on one of the television stations, I think it was TV3 or something, television number three. And it was a program where friends normally or friends come and they are tested on how, how well they know each other. And sometimes couples will also come, husband and wife will also come, and sometimes siblings will come, sometimes colleagues at work will come, and so on and so forth. 
and the whole idea of, of it was to see how best people who claim they are close know each other hallelujah all right so tonight by the grace of god we will explore the topic of dating it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a broad topic but I, I believe god will help us to look at the core important aspects of it amen so we're starting tell somebody we are live and spread the word and i pray that it will be a blessing unto them as well if you have a question if you have a comment and you are not on the platform on the MixLR platform, please kindly send your questions and your contributions to my WhatsApp number 0248-182861. 0248-182861. If you're sending the message from outside the country, please add the zip code plus 233. And then we will try our best to work on it for you. Amen. All right. So for some of us, we ask funny questions like what does christians or the church know about relationships what can god tell me that i haven't already heard before when it comes to relationship well there's one thing i know god made relationships i repeat god made relationships and I mean, think about it. When God created Adam, God knew all along that he would be creating Eve as well. God knew it all. It's not that after Adam named the animals and a suitable one was not found for him that God thought of the idea of creating a woman. No. God knew all along when he was creating Adam that he would end up creating Eve. It was part of his plan. So God made relationships. He knew all along. And in Genesis, God declared that it is not good, in chapter 2, it's not good for man to be alone. And we were all designed by God to be in some kind of relationship, actually. And and I think that since God came up with the idea of relationship and he gave us the ability to have them, it only seems reasonable to assume that he knows a thing or two about how we should prepare for a relationship or how we should operate in a relationship. Isn't that so? I think you agree up to this point. Yeah. But then before I dive into anything or before I say anything, I want to be clear about what I'm talking about when I use the word dating because I think that sometimes we can use a word and it can get misinterpreted. So when I say dating, here's what I am not talking about. When I say dating, I'm not talking about the following. I'm not talking about friends with benefits. What is friends with benefits? Tonight I'm going a little deeper by, by the grace of God. Friends with benefits is when people are friends, but they, they, they have sexual contacts. And that is the benefit. So we are friends, but we kiss, we hug, we caress, we have sex, we satisfy each other sexually, and so on and so forth. But we are friends. 
the, the limit is friends. We are not dating. We are just friends. But if you feel like having sex, I can call you and you come and then we have sex and then that is it. That is not what dating is. That's not what a relationship is. Dating or relationship is not also when you maybe you, you go somewhere, you go and live with your auntie somewhere and you meet somebody in the area and there's a, a fling. That is, that is not dating. Now, let me say that while these things can lead to a relationship and such a relationship will make a great news headline, isn't that so? It's not dating. At least from a biblical perspective. Biblical. Now, when I say biblical, I'm talking about it's an urban word. And biblical simply means something that is a vibe, but, but it sounds like it would taste good. So, for example, somebody can say, do you want to go to a party? It's a vibe. And it sounds like it would be nice. Do you want to go to a party? Do you want to go to the mall? Do you want to go and watch a movie? You know, it's a, it's a vibe, but it tastes good. It's called biblical. It's an urban word that is used, an urban slang that is used today. Praise God. So, so, the fact that some people are having, are, are being friends with benefits, one night stands, casual hangouts, and all of that. Well, sometimes those things can lead to a relationship, but it's not dating. Most times it's on the vibe aspect or the vibe realm. Not dating. It's not. So when I talk about dating, I'm talking about two people, a young man, a young lady, coming together intentionally. To a man and a woman coming together intentionally for purpose to develop a relationship with one another. And while doing that, they are being exclusive. And they have the goal that the relationship will possibly lead into marriage. But it's not exactly the same definition that society uses. The society today, when we say we are dating, it means we are living together. It means I, I come and sleep over at your house and so on and so forth. Crazy stuff. But if we are looking at it in the right way, in the God kind of way, that is dating. Where a guy and a girl will come together intentionally to develop a relationship with one another, which will possibly lead what? To marriage. That is the dating I'm talking about tonight. Now, if that is the case, then it means that the following reasons I'm about to say are not good reasons for you or for someone to date. It's not. For example, people date because of boredom. You might not know it, but that's the truth. Some people are dating because they cannot survive being alone. They've got to have somebody with them. They are bored when they are alone and they cannot handle boredom. So they've got to find somebody, they've got to date somebody, they've got to be in a relationship with somebody because they are bored. All manner of things are happening in this world today. Somebody is dating somebody because he or she is bored. Sometimes another reason is loneliness. Loneliness is also another reason. Loneliness. 
Some people don't like to be alone. There's a fear they have of being alone. So in order not to feel alone, they have to date somebody. Then they'll feel like there's somebody with them. And so, you know, that feeling of you are not alone and, and that's a security for them in a way, an emotional security. So they've got to date somebody so that they are not alone or so that they don't feel lonely. Some people also are dating because there's a desire to have fun. When I say fun, I mean fun in quotes. People want to have fun nowadays. People want to have fun. What do I mean by fun? Caressing, cuddling, smooching, kissing, French kissing, sex, and so and a lot of other things. They want to have fun. They want to enjoy life. They feel like they've got to enjoy. They've got to enjoy. Some people also are dating because they want to feel appreciated. Because when you are dating somebody, obviously, the person will make you feel good about yourself. The person would, would, would say words of affirmation and give you words of affirmation and make you feel super special and see all the nice and beautiful things in the world that nobody else is seeing and you feel so special. And some people, there's just that desire to feel appreciated. And so they'll go all out to ensure that they are dating somebody so that they can always be appreciated. We are living in this world and these things I'm mentioning are happening. It's not, it's not like it's a thing of the past. It's happening currently. People want to feel that way. Praise God. Let me also say that dating is not something we should do to figure out what we want in a person. People are not like cars that we get to go and do a test drive to see if we like the car, then we keep. Beloved, it is the people of the world who do that. They do what we call try and error. So if I try and I realize that it's not for me, then I, I put it down and I go for another and then I try again and it's not good for me then I go for another, and then I try again, it's not good for me, I go for another, I try again, and so on and so forth. The people of the world do that, but we Christians, we go forth for what we are. We want because we know that this is the right thing. Why? Because we have the Spirit of God with us to guide us to make the right choices. So you cannot be a Christian and be treating somebody's son or daughter and like a car, and taking the person for a test drive. You cannot you cannot say that you're going to figure out what you want in the person to say to so that if it suits you, then you are moving the person to marriage. So people, I, I, I mean, it's amazing. I was talking to a lady about a couple of weeks ago and she's telling me and she says, she says, man of God, this problem, I've been dating somebody for five good years and the person now tells me that we are not compatible after five years and the person is a christian five years of 
every day I love you, I love you, I, I miss you, I, I will marry you, and all those nice things, and all the things, and she has built a, a world around it, and, and she's expecting that it's going to end in marriage, and then one day this guy comes up and says that we are not compatible, after five years, wasted her time, because the guy, apparently, who is a Christian, has used the girl like for a test drive, and realized that he does not want to keep her, and wants to move on to the other. And apparently, there's another lady. Yeah. So you realize that we don't do try and error as a believer. You don't. Rather, we know by the leading of the Spirit of God. We know where we are going, what we are going for, and then we go for it. If you don't know what you want, people will tell you what you must want. But if you know what you want, people cannot tell you. Hallelujah. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Praise God. And another thing I want to say is that Every man, every woman is made in the image of God. And when we approach dating, we need to keep that in mind. That every man and every woman is, cre is created and is made in the image of God. And therefore, why am I saying that? Because we need to get to the place where we are honoring those who bear the image of God. Therefore, we date with what intention of what the relationship leading to marriage listen as a christian that is that should be your aim for dating that you are dating because you are seeing you are foreseeing that it's going to end in marriage so that is why you date and you've got to understand that the man you're dating is made in the image of god the woman you are dating is made in the image of god Therefore, how you deal with the person with that mindset at the back of your mind will go a great way or a great deal to foster the, the, the development of the relationship, which will lead into a marriage. Honor those who bear the image. So, if you're dating a young man, honor the image that is made in the image of God. Honor him. He's made in the image of God. You're dating a lady, Honor her because she's made in the image of God. Of course, you can't treat God anyhow, so you don't treat the lady too anyhow. You can't treat God anyhow, so you don't treat the man anyhow. If God speaks to you, you will obey. If the woman speaks to you, you must obey as the man. If the man speaks to you as the woman, you must what? Obey. Sometimes you have to compromise it. Get to that place of understanding and work it out. Because you have at the back of your mind, you are made in the image of God. Now, I'm going to say something right now, which is very shocking. I want to clarify something. Hmm. Hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes. And I say again, sometimes. Sometimes, Christians say they are Christians, but they make a mistake with dating. 
because they've not consulted God enough. They are, they, are, they, are, they are moving on the basis of the flesh or on the basis of their feelings. And so they have not consulted God enough for, for them to know that this is the way to go. So sometimes dating will not always lead to the couple being married. Now, sometimes, sometimes too, because because we are we are we are blind to certain things. It's possible that through the course of dating, things will surface that will help you to see that you are incompatible or it's not just a good fit. Things happen. But even with that being the case, for a believer, the goal must always be marriage when you are dating. So for the rest of our time together tonight, whenever you hear me use the word dating, you know what I'm talking about. You may be asking yourself, why are we talking about this tonight? Well, I think it's important for us to have this conversation for a lot of reasons. But I'll just point to one, and then we'll look at other things as well. The main reason is that most young people like to underestimate how much of an impact their decisions they make today in this area are going to affect them later on in life. Beloved, most young people underestimate how much of an impact the decisions they make today in this area of their life is going to affect them later on in life. They underestimate it. Listen, when you when you look at a certain um, a certain website called Child Trends, they did a research, and when they did the research, they realized that or they found out that, and they said it seems that how you date, who you date, why you date, and when you date, they are all pretty significant in the life of a young person. When I say young person, I mean a teenager, I mean a young adult. Because all of these factors, how you date, who you date, why you date, when you date, all of these factors, they have the ability to shape you in a very positive way or in a very negative way. Not now also, but in the future. So, beloved, the decisions you make now with regards to dating will have implications for your emotional health, for your relational health in the future. So therefore, it's very important that as young people, including myself, we have to figure out now in the present, while we are still young, we've got to figure out how to navigate this whole dating scene in a way that will set us up for success and not failure. So for that to happen, we have to step up to the plate. We have to set aside some of our immature ways and we have to pursue maturity instead hallelujah that's why the apostle paul said when i was a child i spoke like a child i thought like a child i reasoned like a child when i became a man i gave up childish ways so when it comes to dating you have to you have to stop thinking about dating and romance like a child let me put it in a better way for you 
romance isn't like what you see in Disney movies. And you know, when we're young, especially the ladies, it's perfectly normal to dream about the perfect fairy tale ending where everything ends happily, happily ever after. Once you meet that Mr. 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 Charming Prince, or once you meet the one. But truth be told, beloved, reality is a far cry from that. Why? Because relationships, they take work. Relationships can be hard, but they are worth it. They are worth fighting for. But to do so and to be to be to be uh, fruitful in the area of dating, which leads to marriage, you must stop thinking like a child, and you must start thinking like the men and the women God has called us to be. Now I know a lot of people are listening to me right now. I don't know. I don't know. The journey that each of us or each of you listening have been on when it comes to dating. But with this number of a crowd that I'm having on this platform tonight, I'm willing to bet that there are some of you here in this room who have regrets when it comes to the topic of dating. Maybe you regret dating that person who was wrong for you. Maybe others have told you that before you dated them that it will end badly, but you thought you knew better, so you said, I'll still go ahead and it ended badly and now you regret it or maybe you have some regrets about some things you did in a relationship maybe you let things get physical too quickly you know maybe you gave away parts of yourself you can't take back but even with that I have a message for you that there's grace for you because the Bible tells us and the book the Bible tells us clearly second Corinthians 5 and 70 says there's the, the, you know, we are not we are not even being condemned because we are in Christ. When we give Christ our sin, we get righteousness in its place. What am I saying? You can have a fresh start. For those of us who need a fresh start, you can have the assurance in Christ tonight. It can be accomplished for you tonight. And for those of us who don't need a fresh start, we have to learn some things that will allow us to set ourselves up for success. Which means that hopefully, by the grace of God, we will not carry baggages into our marriages one day. Hallelujah. So as we explore dating from a biblical perspective, we will uncover a few rules that, if followed by the grace of God, it will allow us to avoid a lot of mistakes, a lot of pitfalls that people have fallen into. Hallelujah. I believe we are being blessed. Let me know if you are being blessed by the grace of God. Let me know in the, in the, in the comment section, in the chat section. Let me know if you are learning something, if you are being blessed. Hallelujah. Now, we're moving on. If you were to um, look up the word dating in your Bible, you won't find it. You won't find it. Now, dating as we know today is a modern institution. Now, let me say this. 
and let me be, be, be sure of what I want to say okay now I'm told that um, the chart is off but I'm trying to put it back on okay uh, let me know if it's back on please thank you very much I think it's, it should be working now now as I said earlier if you look up the word dating in the Bible you won't find it now dating as we know today dating as we know today is a modern what institution and in fact the whole concept of dating in fact has been around for just a few hundred years but the current understanding that our world has about dating in fact how the world understands dating today is hook up two people meet they have an affection for each other then they, they they sleep together and then they move on it's called the hookup culture that one has even been around for even less than a few hundred years but back when the bible was written beloved parents will arrange marriages for their children and so on and so forth now that was bible time i'm not saying now parents should arrange marriages for their children because bible says train up a child the way he should go and when he grows you not depart from him so if you train up a child in the way of god when he grows in the way of God, that way of God should lead him to pick a right woman or, or, or husband and move with the person. But back when the Bible was written, it was a certain time and age where parents will, will, will arrange marriages for their children. And then you see that with Abraham and Sarah, you see it, it was arranged, Mary and Joseph. Now, almost everyone got married because someone else thought it was a good idea. So when we talk about dating from a biblical perspective, you know, we're going to we're going to have to broaden our scope a bit. We're going to have to look at what scripture says about some of the things involved in dating, like um, like character. And then from that, we have to, we can come to some conclusions about it. Hallelujah. So So let's go ahead and look at some rules that we learn from the Bible that will help us date in a way that will leave us with regrets now in the bible you will never find any magical answer or answers that will um, tell you how to find the right person the bible doesn't give you the top 10 things to do to land your beautiful man or beautiful woman it doesn't do that and in fact, asking the Bible how to find the right person is the wrong question to ask. Rather, we need to ask the question on the other side, on the, on the, on the coin, on the other side of it. And what's the question? How do I become the right person? So instead of asking how to find the right person, you've got to ask yourself, how do I become the right person? Hallelujah. I hope you're being blessed. Now, how do I become the right one person? Now, the Bible has a lot to say about that, actually. If the goal of 
dating is to end up in marriage, then you need to prepare yourself for that commitment. Because it's not one that you can just step into lightly. It takes a lot of work. Dating that leads to marriage takes a lot of work. It's not a fairy tale. And the way you do this is by first becoming a right person. If you are ever going to find the right person for you, you need to focus on you yourself being the right person yourself. It means that you've got to focus on developing your own character as an individual. You've got to focus on developing your own relationship with Jesus. Therefore, your life will need to reflect some of the things that Paul was talking about in the Galatians, about, about the fruit of the Spirit. Where he said in Galatians 5, 22-23, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, there's, here, here, here's the awesome part or the beautiful part about focusing on being the right person. Why? Because if you do that, it will help you to identify the things that you are looking for in someone to date and to marry. And that will save you a lot of time, a lot of pain. It will keep you from dating the wrong people along the way. Why? Because you are focusing on being the right person. You are identifying the things that you are looking for because you yourself, you are becoming a right person. So you are looking for a right person. There are some things a right person will be doing. There are some things a right person will not be doing. So because you are focused on yourself as a right person, you will go for somebody who is also doing things right as you are doing. So therefore, you avoid pain. You avoid regret. And so on and so forth. Beloved, become the type of person that the type of person you are looking for is looking for. You didn't get that. I repeat, I said become the type of person that the type of person you are looking for is looking for. Okay? You've got to become the type of person that the type of person you are looking for is looking for. Maybe somebody's writing it down. Let me repeat it. Become the type of person that the type of person you are looking for is looking for. And once you've spent some good time being the right person, and you've worked on some of the issues in your own heart. Beloved, you get to the place where you are ready to date. Where you have made, you have, you have grown, you have improved on yourself. Hallelujah. I know we have been blessed tonight. I know. Date. Now, we are moving on. One time, I attended, it was quite some years ago, I attended a parenting conference, some years ago, and in this conference, it was on dating, and a young girl came and asked a question to one of the panelists, and the question was, how old do I have to be before I can start a date? And... The panelist made a profound statement. What did he say? He said that you are old enough to date when you have achieved the following three requisites. And then he, he mentioned them. And he said the first requisite is that when you are aware of both the benefits and the dangers of dating, you are old enough to date. When you are aware of both the benefits and the dangers of dating, you can. That's what he said. That was the first reason he gave, right? 
Then the second requisite he gave, he said that, and I quote, he said, when you have personally worked out from scripture, a set of dating standards. Oh, glory to God. When you have personally worked out from scripture, a set of dating standards, you are old enough to date. That was the second point. And then finally, the third point, he said, when you have purpose that you will not lower the standards that you have given him, point two, even if it means that you lose the date or you lose the relationship, these three things. And beloved, the person was quiet, the lady was quiet, she was shocked actually. And I was like, wow, that's profound. I was like, that's deep. That's deep. Hallelujah. Beloved, I just turned on the, the chat in the comment section so you can now send your uh, comments, suggestions, opinions, contributions, questions. You can send it. If you are not on the on the Mixlr platform, you can just send it to my number on WhatsApp 0248 18 28 61. 0248 18 28 18 28 61. 0248 18 28 18 God bless you. Alright, so these three things. And I repeat them. When you are aware of both the benefits and dangers of dating. That's the first one. Second one, when you have personally worked out from scripture, a set of dating standards. And then the third point, when you have purposed that you will not lower these standards, even if it means you are losing the relationship or you are losing the date. Praise God. Now, of course, we have we have we have established what dating is where there's an, int an intentional agenda of getting to know somebody for the purposes of marriage now in the western country when we say dating or we say going out with someone is simply a prearranged time with a person of the opposite sex and dating has the agenda of getting together to know somebody beyond friendship because the purpose of it is that there should be a reason that oh there's the possibility of marriage so i'm interested now in the western countries people go on you know uh, picnics restaurants people go for ice cream and so on and so forth and they sit they talk because they are getting to know each other because there, there could be a possibility of dating so if you are in a relationship you have, I don't think it's it's fair or possible to go on a date because that is the purpose of dates actually but in a relationship you can be going on dates because you are still getting to know each other amen all right now, dating is not sinful, necessarily, but many people fall into sin as a result of dating. And the danger in dating is that you do something that will 
seriously damage your chances for 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 future happiness or let me say a successful marriage and young people whether you're a teenager or you're a young adult they, they always say things like my whole life is ahead of me and the choices i make now will not affect me beloved it will affect you your dating patterns and the things you do now will greatly affect the quality of your future life so it's better you start sowing seeds of future success than seeds of failure in your dating years and now i want us to know the dangers or some dangers in dating remember the theme for tonight is knowing me knowing you what you have to understand about the concept of dating and and what what it comes with and dangers in dating is something that comes to dating and the first thing I want to talk about is that dating can lead to broken hearts now there's something about the broken heart I'm going to talk about do you know that a large part of dating is flirting I'll explain flirting is acting like you love someone beloved somebody can 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 act like they they, they they like you or they love you but it's flirting they don't they don't love you it's it's a fling so you may feel that the person loves you the person can even make comments that suggest so the person may not outrightly say it but the person can say certain things that will suggest to you in your subconscious that the person likes you or loves you is flirting now the object of flirting people don't know this both young guys and young girls they don't know it they are ignorant about it and I'm going to share it with us tonight the object of flirting is to create a romantic attachment with another person with no serious intent on their on the part of the person who is creating the attachment but the other person who is receiving that attention or that romantic attachment will be taking things on a serious level or if not the person will be thinking about it the person's mind will be, will be drawn to it and then the person will begin to gradually get closer to the person who is flirting so 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 it normally happens with girls actually and so you see guys texting girls checking up on girls and uh, uh, um, um, buying stuff for girls they haven't said anything but they are flirting with you because they want to have a romantic attachment with you but there's no serious intent and we know that the idea of a romantic relationship with someone of the opposite sex is very appealing to young people now this may sound harmless to somebody but when two people become romantically involved they begin to bond emotionally so now it has started on the basis of flirting the person is now checking up on you the person is buying you stuff the person is doing this the person is the person appears to be sweet then you realize that you begin to start attaching yourself to the person without realizing it and that's danger zone for you you start texting the person even if the person hasn't texted you for days you start being interested in the person for the well-being of the person 
it may look like you don't have any feeling but based on the person's actions you are now yourself creating an attachment which is dangerous beloved it can lead to broken hearts so people two people who, who, who become romantically involved they begin to bond emotionally and even though there are no commitments they begin to think of themselves as a couple they are seen together by their friends as a couple and these things happen especially in universities and workplaces where in universities you see that the, the, the lady is cooking for the guy and people people see them she can come and sleep there for about a week or two she has not she has not gone to her her, her room sleeping the guys cooking there washing there acting like a couple a wife even though there are no commitments even though the guy has not opened his mouth to say i want to be in a relationship with you but because of flirting it is it has led to this emotional bond which is now creating a problem it happens in work it happens in schools where in schools you know where mostly even in the workplace guys can say oh this is my wife that's how it starts then they start acting like husband material then if you're not careful then it becomes a problem beloved it can lead to broken heart i'm saying this because people have received broken hearts and they have not recovered from it they are moving on in life yes but they have not recovered from it they have not recovered from it And so, based on their thinking of themselves as couples, they are bonding and becoming emotionally glued together. Why? Because aside they seeing themselves as couples, their friends are also seeing them as couples and, and are, are also okay with it. So when it comes to the issue of breaking up in such an instance, these two hearts, which have become glued together, they become ripped apart so they end up being emotionally wounded and they end up with scars that can last a lifetime beloved some people receive broken hearts and they experience a loss of self-esteem there's the sense of being rejected and sometimes if god doesn't come through for them it lasts their lifetime and they carry that baggage into a marriage and it, it messes up the marriage and it brings divorce and a problem beloved of course we know that having your heart broken is no fun it can be devastating yes young people today when they are heartbroken will try to deal with it by toughening their emotions where they'll say things like it's not a big deal i'll find somebody else come on who are you lying to and let me say this a person who is trying to rebound from a failed romance or failed relationship is very vulnerable now because the sense of being rejected by someone that they love is devastating on its own so oftentimes they are they are they are frantically trying to find someone who would show an interest 
and they often quickly jump into another relationship, which tends out to be worse than the first one actually. Now, dating, I'm talking about dating with regards to the world and how we can learn things from it as Christians. So, beloved, as a Christian, do encourage flirting. If you are not dating, do encourage it. If you are dating, even don't encourage it at all. Because it has its serious effect. Because if you are not dating, it can make you think that you are being loved and lead you on. And at the end of the day, it will just make your life worse. If you are dating and you are encouraging, you are a guy, a lady is all over you, but you are dating and you are acting like you like it. And very soon, it will cause problems in your, in, your, in your own relationship. Because a third party has come in. If you are a lady and a guy is showing all kinds of attention, and it looks like he's interested and is flirting with you, but he hasn't said anything. But you know, he makes comments that suggest, and so on and so forth. Beloved, be careful because you are bringing the devil into a place where if he steps in, all he needs is just a small foot and step in, and the rest is history. Now, in the world, dating often leads to physical intimacy. Now, in the world, there is the sex-crazy culture where it makes it appear that sex is everything in a romantic relationship. So, a physical relationship is often mistaken for love. So, people think that sex, having sex is love. And then, based on that, the couple rushes into marriage. So, a relationship based on sex will not last. A marriage based on sex will not last. Sexual love should be at the bottom of the triangle. And when that happens, breaking up a romantic relationship when it comes to sex and all that is always painful. But but if the couple has been involved sexually, the breaking up is ten times worse. Because you have each given yourself in the most intimate way to the other person and you can't get it back that's why as believers we don't date for it to lead to physical intimacy i'm showing us these things so that when we are we are on the path to dating into relationships that will lead to marriages we will be careful that we will not be dealing with these things we will fly away from these things And another thing is that we should know ourselves. We should know our weaknesses. And we should try as much as possible to, to, to not put ourselves in compromising positions and areas that will trigger certain emotions that can bring about sexual occurrences and so on and so forth. If there has been sexual occurrences, the Lord will forgive, but make sure you have repented from it and get your life back on track. Amen. Now, I also want to say that dating can bring 
animosities. Remember, we are dealing with things of the world in, re in relation to dating, actually. Alright? Okay. Now, in the world, dating can produce animosities. In fact, over a period of time, jealousies and animosities can develop between guys and girls and their former partners and their new attachments. And sometimes the thoughts are, oh, he stole my girlfriend. He stole my... My, my boyfriend. Sometimes a lady can be looking at the ex's maybe WhatsApp status and sees a lady there and may text the, 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 the ex and say, Hey, is this the girl? Is this the girl you are with now? When you do that, you are selling yourself out. It's a sign that that there is still an attachment with that person which must be broken by deliverance, by prayer. But as a believer, when you are dating, because everything is boko, because you are following the principles of the word of God, there is no jealousy. There is no animosity. There is no attachment between your former partner and your new one. You are not comparing my ex was better in bed than you and a whole lot of messed up stuff. But you are not in that because you are a believer. Next point is that dating can bring a lot of baggage into a marriage. Now, this is a very important point because most people think that they can play around and, and these are people in the world. But sometimes it's becoming something too in, in, in the Christendom. People think that they can play around and, and, and they can be promiscuous, you know, when they are single. And then they can leave it behind when they get married. But it's a wrong mentality. Because all those physical intimacies become emotional baggage that can wreck a marriage. That's why I would advise people that if you have ended a relationship, take time to heal, learn from it, before you even think of getting into another. Because dating... For a relationship which leads to marriage is work. It's work. It's like you're doing a PhD program. It's work. Don't bring an emotional baggage into a relationship or into a marriage. It won't last. Emotional baggage. It won't last. Maybe in your past relationship, you were bossy. You were easily angered. Don't bring it into your new relationship. Ask God to help you to manage your, your anger before you enter into a relationship. Praise God. Someone said, somebody just sent me a message on WhatsApp and said, Hey, you are talking about my story. Hmm, God bless you. I don't know who the person is. The person didn't leave a name, but God bless you too for... For giving the comment, God bless you mightily. God bless you. And that comment just came in. The person says, Anonymous, I have been hurt for the past five years and I haven't gotten over it. Every relationship I enter into does not work. I believe when you talk about the emotional baggage, you are referring to me. Wow. But, wow. What I will suggest to you, whoever you are, Anonymous person, is that you've got to seek God for God to 
help you to heal totally so that when you are healed you are free from every bitterness hatred anger and all of that then god at his own time through his leading by the holy spirit will bring somebody your way and it'll be better than the first amen so let's keep our comments coming you can send them on the mix lr platform if you have a comment you have a question a contribution feel free to send it across and then we will look at it by the grace of God. Amen. And then sometimes too, when it comes to the things of the world, dating can create an artificial relationship. What do I mean by that? Oh, wow. You know that sometimes, and most times, each person is trying very hard to impress the other person. Each person is putting on his or her best front. You know, which makes it difficult to evaluate the other person's true character because they are always trying to impress. Now, anybody can put on a good front at any time, but for a short time. Especially when when they are doing what they want to do. So, what am I saying? A couple can go together for years without really knowing each other. Then they get married and sooner or later they discover the real person they married. Then they say things like, I didn't know he or she was like that. Then it becomes a problem. <laughs> Beloved, let's not be like the world. Rather, when we are we are about, we are we are we are moving onto the planes of dating, we will avoid flirting. If you are dating, avoid flirting. If you are dating, no physical intimacy. If you are not dating and you end up dating in the near future, no physical intimacy like the world does. Because everything is based on the word of God and the leading of the spirit, your dating will not produce animosities. It will not produce jealousies. There will be no baggages that you are bringing into a marriage, even if you dated and did not work out. Because you have allowed the Holy Spirit to help you to heal, and because you have learned your lessons well, your next relationship will be better and it will be baggage free. And you will not have an artificial relationship where all you are doing in the relationship is to, is to uh, impress the other person. And the main thing of getting to know the person. Beloved, when you are dating someone, ask questions. You've got to ask questions. Because you are trying to find out if this person, I can move with the person. Ask questions. Why? Because we are human beings. We may appear as something, but it may not necessarily be what or how we are appearing. So you've got to ask questions. You've got to pray. You've got to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and it will help you. To help you. Hallelujah. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is finding the right one. Finding the right one. Finding the right one. Praise God. Another person, Anonymous, says, God bless you so much. I'm learning a lot. God bless you too. Okay. The person's name is what? Sapoma. Sapoma, God bless you so much for tuning in. God bless you. God bless you. All right, finding the right one. Finding the right one. 
praise God. Now, let me say that, and we know for sure, that it's God's plan for most Christian young people to marry, and, and not only that, to raise godly children. And so, at the right time, God stirs up their interest in the opposite sex. Now, note that I said that at the right time, God stirs up their interest in the opposite, at the right time. When you follow the leading of God at the right time, God will stir up an interest in the opposite sex. Okay. This is for somebody who is not dating. If you are dating, it means that God has already stirred up your interest. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So, there's a big question. And the big question then becomes, how will I find the one God has in mind for me? Now, while there are some benefits from dating, or while, let me see, while there can be some benefits, yes, it is based on the wrong motive. Because, what's the motive? Getting, instead of giving. And, you know, getting instead of giving has the wrong goal. And the goal is that you should go as far as you can. And that can produce wrong results, such as broken hearts and damaged emotions and all of that. Now, in today's culture, in our world today, it is not unusual for young people to be involved in four or five failed romances or relationships. You realize that one person has has broken up and each time as the person as the pain the pain caused from the from the last relationship fades into the background then the guy and the girl will go and develop a new romance with a different partner and the whole scenario of getting deeply involved romantically breaking up and doing the same thing over and over and over again is something i call a dress rehearsal for divorce somebody dates they break up they date, they break up, they date, they break up, they date, they break up. It's, it's a dress rehearsal for divorce. It means that when you marry, you divorce. You divorce. Some of you, you have dated about 10 guys, 10 ladies, 15 guys, 15 ladies. Beloved, if you don't change your mindset and, and submit to God, you will marry you, but it will not end well. It will be a divorce. Because what you have been doing in your dating life is a dress rehearsal for divorce. Now, is there a better way than what I've just said? Yes, there's a better way. It's called courtship. Courtship is the better way. Somebody will ask you, what is courtship? Well, courtship is a relationship in which the guy and the girl have the same long-term purpose in view. What's that long-term purpose? Marriage. So the purpose of a courting relationship is to consider marriage with the one of God's choice. The one you are dating, who you believe is God's choice for you. Of course, confirmed by spiritual fathers and pastors and parents and so on and so forth. Purpose of that courting relationship is to consider marriage with the person. That's, that's the long-term purpose in view. And the requirement for courtship is simple. It's a commitment on the part of both the woman and the woman to certain guidelines. That is the requirement for courtship. The first one, one man, one woman commitment. So, if in the past you were dating three people, four people, 
now you are a believer you have changed your your your, your behavior you are born again you are a christian you are following jesus christ then one man one woman commitment you are no longer shopping around brother there is an intense desire on the part of both the man and the woman to really get to know each other and to and to discover god's approval on their marriage so one man one woman commitment that's courtship one man one woman what commitment these are guidelines for courtship the next point is also very important a restraint of affections a restraint of what affections what do i mean by that we know that um lust is 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 something we call a getting proposition and it demands immediate satisfaction but real love wait for the right circumstances and the right timings so it is not unusual for two committed christians to agree to refrain from all physical contact beyond holding hands until marriage and of course some 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 married couples today can testify to the fact that their first case was at the marriage altar. And that is true. If you have had you have gone to a place where there has been a physical contact, the Lord is there to forgive and all things will be made new. You'll be re- you'll be restored and you move on with the relationship with this mentality. No what physical contact beyond holding of hands. That can be what we call a restraint of affection. It doesn't mean you cannot do it, but for the purpose of not subjecting yourself to the flesh and falling under the flesh, you restrain yourselves concerning your affections. Praise God. Then also, a very important point that respect for parents on both sides. Now, in a God-ordained relationship or courtship, there should be the approval of parents on both sides. Now, because there is the blessing of the father and the mother on both sides. If one or both sets of parents, they disapprove of the relationship, that's a danger signal which should not be ignored. So maybe you are dating somebody, you are in a courtship stage, and one of, one of the parents is not agreeing. Pray about it. Intensify your prayers about it. Some of them are being stubborn about it. They are acting in some way. Pray about it because it's not something you should ignore. It's a danger signal. It's, I call it a danger signal. So you must look at it and fire prayer and look at it. Maybe God will tell you that what he's saying is true. What he's saying is not. And God can make a way out of it hallelujah i hope you are we are we are learning something tonight i hope you are learning something let me know if you are learning something by the grace of god let me know if you are learning something amen now the next thing is preparation for marriage all under courtship please guidelines 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 preparation for marriage um you know, a successful marriage normally involves serious preparation on 
on the part of both the guy and the girl. You know? Now, financial freedom is a necessity in a happy marriage. Please, aside the love and everything, there should be financial freedom. So, the couple should seriously consider a budget. Please, consider a budget. Budget for your wedding. Budget for your home. Whether rented or building. Budget. Because financial freedom is a necessity in a happy marriage. The man may be annoying, but if he's got the money, oh, you'll be happy in the marriage. Lady, you'll be happy in the marriage. You may be madly in love with each other, but if you don't have a good education, you don't have financial freedom, you may not be ready for courtship. Hmm. Please, the love is not enough. Love is good because Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. So the evidence of somebody loving you is that they are able to give the uttermost. So please, husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. So as a man, you are preparing to be the head. And as the head, you are, should, you are supposed to be giving physical support, emotional support, spiritual support. Physical, you pay school fees. Physical, you feed your house. Physical, you feed your children. That's physical. So you've got to have an education. You've got to be doing something. You've got to be working. If you're not doing, you're not working, please, you're not ready for question. Guidelines. Guidelines. Love is not enough. Praise God. And ideally, both husband and wife should be committed Christians. Committed Christians who love the Lord with all their hearts. Because there will be serious problem if one partner is a fully committed Christian and the other is complacent about the things of God. Please, under no circumstance should a born-again Christian marry an unbeliever. Under no circumstance. Under no circumstance for whatsoever reason should what should a born-again Christian marry an unbeliever under no circumstance? So understand these guidelines tonight. A one-man, one-woman commitment. A restraint of affections. Respect for parents on both sides. In your power, very important. You've got to get the approval of parents. If possible, go to and show yourself to the, pe the person's parents. Let them know who you are. Let there be an approval. It's critical, please. Preparation for marriage, finances is part. Have a budget. Plan it. Don't go and spend all your savings on just the wedding, on just the wedding ceremony, please. Think about the future. Think ahead. There is marriage after the wedding. Hallelujah. And do not, under any circumstance, as a born-again Christian, go and marry an unbeliever. And it's amazing that there are rewards of courtship. Why? Because courtship brings a new freedom in relationship with the opposite sex. Because with the premise of with the premise of uh, courtship, 
you are focused on one person and you are not wondering about every guy or girl you meet you see when you are when you are caught in there you are deeply committed so you don't even think about any guy or girl you meet you don't even consider it you don't think and one of the rewards of courtship is that because you are not wondering about any girl or any other guy that you are meeting apart from the one you are dating what you are doing is that you are bringing a place in the in the courtship which is avoiding envy and jealousy so your partner will never be envious your partner will never be jealous but when you are cutting but you are you are you are wondering about another guy be that looks like likes you or another girl be that it looks like likes you once you start doing that beloved your partner may begin to have envy and jealousy or fear and that will not be healthy for the culture remember i said one man one woman commitment don't give way for a second man don't give way for a second woman and when you are caught in you are promoting yourself into self-control and moral purity why because at that stage it promotes responsibility because you are seriously planning for your life you are you see you are buying things you are buying some fridge you are buying a tv you are buying this you are planning about the rent you are buying chairs you are buying clothes you are buying some of the engagement things you are doing that you are doing that courtship it makes you aware of responsibility Hallelujah. Responsibility. So courtship will move you from I love you, 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 I love you. It will move you from there. Love is there, yes. But now you are being responsible. You are seriously planning and preparing for life. You are buying things in town. Maybe you see some utensil be, you buy it, you see it, a the dress be, you are buying it small, small. You are keeping it, you are keeping it, you are keeping it, you are keeping it. Why? Courtship. Because you are planning for the marriage. And beloved, God delights in the happiness of his children. And every command of God is an expression of his love. And it is his desire that we enjoy the best he has in mind for us. So if you want the best from God, you, you, you have to work out from the word of God the set of dating standards. So please, number one, fornication should be out till marriage. Hallelujah. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from what? Fornication. So if there has been fornication in the past, God is still a loving God. He has forgiven you about it. But make sure that you have repented, which means you are not going back to it. If you have not, then please don't even get there. Hallelujah. Amen. Always know that the Bible says that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Let it be a ringing symbol in your ears. Hallelujah. So that's fornication. The next thing is defrauding. Bible tells us that in, in, in I think, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse, verse 4 and verse 6, it says, Every one of you should know how to possess his body in sanctification and honor. That no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter. So, what is defrauding? 
Defrauding is when you are raising expectation in another person, which you cannot righteously fulfill. Some people will just come into your life and flirt with you, and 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 and, and you will become so attached to them, but nothing happens. No date, no marriage. They come and mess your time up and go. It's defrauding. Now in business, defrauding is cheating, where you are leading somebody to expect certain benefits, for which you know they are false. So when a guy professes to love a girl and talks about getting married, in order to entice the person to have sex, it's defrauding according to scripture. And the Bible tells us that God takes note of this, and he is the avenger of people who do that. The guys who have been telling girls, I'll marry you because they just want to have sex with a girl. Please, you are defrauding the lady, and God will avenge anybody who defrauds. What, is it, what does it mean that God will avenge? It means that God will punish those who defraud. Hallelujah. And then homosexual sins, the next one. The Bible tells us in Leviticus 18, Leviticus 18, verse number uh, 22. Yes. 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 And the Bible tells us that you shall not have intercourse with a man as with a woman. It is abomination. Now, God does not hate homosexuals. God loves homosexuals. He loves them so much that he gave his only son to die for them. But God hates their sin. It's an abomination. And the Bible tells us that God destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because of this. And now sex. Ah, God has created the pathway for sex. Yet, people are having crazy things are happening. People are sleeping with, with chickens, with goats. People are marrying trees. People are dating trees and having wedding ceremonies with trees. And a pastor will come and bless the marriage of a man and a tree, a man and a goat, a man and a chicken. They are in love. Why? Because we have missed it. We have made the central focus of it. Hmm. God help us. God help us. Hallelujah. God help us. And the next thing about marrying the unbeliever. Now, according to 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14, Bible says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So for a Christian to marry an unbeliever is a violation of the will of God. It's a violation of the will of God. In no uncertain terms, God will warn us about this sin. So let this fact impress itself on your mind. It is never God's will for a Christian to marry an unbeliever. Please, wait for the right person at the right time. Wait. Wait. And we know 
there's a beautiful design that God has made for marriage. What is that? The first point, which is, is the fact that man is different from animals. How? Because man was created in the image of God. Beloved, God is one God, existing in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But we, we are composed of three parts, body, soul, spirit. Beloved, our body is the house in which we live. Our soul is ourself, which is composed of the mind, of the emotions, of our will. And our spirit is our innermost being by which we can know God and receive his life. So God's design for marriage is to bring a guy or a girl who loves the Lord with all his heart together with another who likewise loves the Lord with all her heart. So it starts from friendship. It goes into courtship. It goes into one in Christ, marriage. So they will develop a deep friendship based on their common love for the Lord Jesus. This is where I have problems with guys and girls. Beloved, we try and make friends with people who we don't even know their common denominating factor about, about their relationship with Christ. We don't know. We just meet people and we think that they are, they are, they are good looking, uh, uh, they are knowledgeable, they are friendly, and so we want to become friends with them. Beloved, don't make that mistake and go and develop a friendship based on a common the person is nice niceness will not get you to heaven being intelligent will not get you to heaven it will only solve things on the earth for you beloved move with people who have a common love for jesus i always say people around me personally in my life I am very particular about who I allow into my circle. Why? Because I'm looking for people who have a deep connection with the Lord. Because I am eternity-minded. Praise God. So you have to understand that you must, you must develop first a friendship. You are not dating. You are meeting people. Please, have friendship or develop deep friendship with people who have a common love for Jesus like you. You may even be dating somebody, but please make sure that people around you have a deep love for Jesus. If they don't, don't develop deep friendship. Let it be acquaintance. Because if you make the mistake, it's either you will pull them or they will pull you. So as you grow, as they grow closer to God, they draw closer to each other. So you meet somebody, you're not dating yet, you meet somebody and both of you have a, a common love for Jesus, genuine love. As both of you are growing closer to God, you realize that you are, you, are, you are drawing closer to each other. So in time, this deep friendship will now develop into courtship as you are seeking God's will concerning marriage. So in the, in the, in the courtship period as well, you are growing closer to God and then again, you are growing closer to each other. So at the point of marriage, where you become one in spirit, one in the soul, one in the body, you become like one in Christ. And the result is that you have the deepest fulfilling relationship that can be known by two people in their whole life. And God will glorify. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
And the last but one thing I want to talk about before we call it a night is that there must be some standards for dating or in a relationship or courtship. The first point is that I will save sex for marriage. If I've been I've had sex before, I have repented. Now I will save sex for marriage. So you are telling yourself that you will not be involved in the sin of fornication, even if you it means you will lose a relationship. Number two, the next point is that learn to say no because you'll be tempted. Learn to say what? No. So you can write it down. I will learn to say no. I will save sex for marriage. The next point, I will learn to be content as a single person. In other words, you are not going to enter into a relationship because you are, you are lonely, because you want to receive special treatment. No, because you have learned to be content as a single person. Number four, I will guard my heart. Whether you are dating or you are now thinking of dating or you are praying that a good person will come, please guard your heart. Bible says that we should guard our heart because out of it flows the issues of life. Please, if you don't guard your heart, anything can enter. Be intentional about it. You don't have to fall in love with the wrong kind of person. Because... If you do that, it will cause chaos for you. The fifth point, I will date only Christians. Which we have discussed earlier. The sixth point, I will seriously consider courtship. So what you are saying is that until, until you are ready for marriage, you will not be involved in a lot of pointless romantic relationships that will create problems for you. So you turn away from flirting, from playing some dirty games, rather, you tend to coach it. Where now you are responsible, you are promoting self control, and you are ensuring that you are being disciplined, there's moral purity, and you are turning from living for, for yourself, and you're going to begin to show real love for the opposite sex, for the other person that you are in courtship with. So you seriously consider coaching. And then the point seven. Is that you will put God's, you will put your future, sorry, you will put your future in God's hands. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6 Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. Why should I not trust God? Has He not done everything to, to win and keep your love? your trust, your confidence. Bible tells us in Jeremiah 20, 29 verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Hallelujah. So why not put your future in God's hands? And point eight, I want God's will for my life. Beloved, God never created us to be born. He gave His only Son that we might have an exciting, full, abundant life. He said in John 10, 10, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Beloved, God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for my life. If it is His will, He will bring into my life the right person at the right time. Beloved, if He has brought the right person, maintain the standards in courtship. If you have broken the standards, go back to God in prayer and now make sure you are faithful in keeping the standards. Remember the golden rule that do not give or take anything 
that does not rightfully belong to you. That's the golden rule. Hallelujah. And I pray that God will bless us in our choices for courtship. And if only we are in, God will make sure that we are sustained. And that our lives in courtship will be preparing us The last thing I want to talk about is compatibility. There are some things we should look at in, in making a choice. We have what we call the spiritual compatibility. How good is the person's Christian life? It's very important. And then we also have social compatibility, where we are talking about education, intellect, age difference. Cultural differences, very important. You have to look at all that. Please, the person must be educated, well educated. The person must be an intellect. On my dear, age difference, well, it depends, but mostly it shouldn't be more than 10 years. Cultural differences, please, we are Christians. He says, for there is neither Jew nor Greek. We are all one in Christ. We are one. Hallelujah. So please, I know people have issues with certain tribes and cultures and all that, but please, we are Christians. Amen. Then also, family and friends. This is also very important. Some of you, you don't introduce your the person you are dating to your friends. Why? You see, it's good to introduce them to friends because... Through the friends, they will also know how you are. Because how you are with your friends also talk, talks a lot about how you are as a person. Please, introduce them to your friends. Oh, for accountability's sake, introduce them. Don't hide them. Introduce them. Praise God. And then family, make sure that the person you are dating or are going to date, make sure that you have we are bonding with the person's family. And make sure he or she is also bonding with your family. It's important to family and friends compatibility. Oh, Madam Nana says they will snatch them. <laughs> they won't snatch them. If you have very good friends, friends who, who are very honest and loyal to you, uh, I, I believe they will not snatch them at all. But it's very important because um, normally... When we hide these things from friends and issues come, we can't even go and tell our friends and we are suffering alone in silence. Please, you have to. You have to. It's very important. Let your friends know. Your friends here, your friends. I mean your friends who friends. Let them know. Those who are your circle, your deep circle. Let them know. Praise God. Then also, emotional soundness. Is a person better? Is the person somebody who is already hurt? Are they able to control their temper? How do they express their love? These are things you must look at. Emotional compatibility. Are they sound emotionally? Look at it. Very, very important. Please, you know, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews 12, verse 14 and verse 15, it says, Pursue peace with all people 
and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many have become defiled. Now, most people don't change after marriage. Rather, they just finally get comfortable being themselves. So in dating, people try and impress, and they impress and impress and impress and impress. Then you realize that when you marry, the man that you said is so nice and things, now when he comes back from work, he drops his boxes on the floor, he drops his socks on the floor, and he expects that you pick it up and put them in the, in, the, in, the, in the washing basket. He's indifferent. He doesn't care. He can shout on you. But in dating, he was as calm as ever. Please, watch out for emotional compatibility. And then watch out for visual compatibility. The visual compatibility means that, do they look good to you? Do they look good to you? In Jesus' name. So, spiritual compatibility social compatibility, family and friends compatibility, emotional soundness compatibility, and finally, visual compatibility. The Lord is, is instructing me for some time to also deal with relationship, like how to be in a relationship and be successful that will lead to marriage. So, um, not now, but we're going to look at it sometime later. Um, we'll look at it. Hallelujah. And so tonight, by the grace of God, we have come to the end of knowing me, knowing you. And I believe and I pray that we have learned a lot of things. A lot of things tonight. I believe we have learned a lot of things. Beloved, I'll ask that in the next just one minute, pray. If you are not dating, pray for the person that God will prepare the person and bring the person at the right time. And that God will help you to also find yourself and be content with yourself. Pray and talk to God. If you are dating, pray for yourself, pray for your partner that you are dating and ask God for his grace that you hold on to all the things that the Lord is asking us not to do. If you have gone against the Lord, ask for forgiveness right now at this hour and ask the Lord that Lord I repent from all of them and I know that you help me to overcome. In the next one minute, talk to God right now. Talk to God right now. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Shall we pray? Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for such a blessed evening, teaching us about relationships and dating and how to navigate ourselves in this area. Father, I pray for those who are not in a relationship but are preparing for one and are hoping that you grant unto them someone 
in the name of Jesus I pray that you shall prepare them for that purpose and that their lives will be blessed and will never remain the same. I pray in the name of Jesus also for those who are dating that God will grant them the grace in the courtship stage that they shall be responsible men and women, that they shall hold on to your values and your standards, that you shall bless them with a fulfilling marriage. Every plan of the enemy concerning these relationships to be broken, Father, we cancel it. We declare that it shall come to pass and that they shall be joined together in marriage to the glory of your holy name. I declare that we will make good choices and that our relationships, our courtships, and our marriages will be beautiful in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. God bless you guys so much for tuning in. So sorry that we have exceeded the time by 46 minutes. Please forgive us. Please forgive us. Please forgive us. Please forgive us. I, I, I believe that we have been blessed. And I know that it's going to go a long way to help us in our, in our, in our choices, in our dating choices and so on and so forth. I pray that God will order our steps and that he shall guide us accordingly. And I pray that our lives will never be the same again. Hallelujah. And so tonight, family, I will bring it to a close. And we're supposed to have a, a broadcast on Thursday about the Climax Love, but that will be postponed to a week today. So next week, Tuesday, we'll be looking at the Climax, the Climax, the Climax. But on Friday, God willing, there is the Midnight Experience where we have one hour of intense prayers unto the Lord. And we expect that the Lord will come through for us as well. Hallelujah. Now, before I sign out, I want to say a special shout out to one of our listeners. His name is Shadrach Kofi. He celebrated his birthday yesterday. And I want to appreciate him and say that God will bless him. And may God move him from grace to grace. Amen. And so, beloved, in the Lord, we sign out here. Thanking all of you for your time. And for listening in, I believe that has been a blessing to you. Catch you on Friday at 10 p.m. as we go before the Lord in prayer. And we wait to receive blessings from Him. Remember that your dating life just got better. Your courtship just got sweeter. And your marriage just got 100% perfect. We thank God for how far He has brought us. And we know that with God, with us... Our, our relationships will be beautiful, our courtships will be awesome, and our marriages will move from grace to grace. Hallelujah. Thank God so much. God bless you for all the comments, to all those who sent comments. There are a lot, actually, I couldn't read all of them. I had about 55 comments, um, but the message had to go out as well. They are mostly comments and contributions, so, so we, we, we thank God for for that grace hallelujah hallelujah god bless you god bless you we love you all and keep praying for us and um, this year something is cooking mightily keep praying for us at the right time when the lord instructs he shall release it to us and then it shall be a blessing to us all remember in the month of march we are fasting from the first of march to 31st of march on the theme godliness is a month of spiritual emphasis 
and God will show himself strong. Hallelujah. I'm excited for you because I know that your relationship is getting better. Your courtship, oh, sweeter. And your marriage is fulfilling. Many will look at your marriages and say, I, I pray that my marriage will be like yours. May that be your portion in Jesus' precious name. As you go to bed tonight, know that the Lord has worked on your case in Jesus' name. Take care, shalom, and good night. God bless you. Bye.